Welcome to the TMS Clinics Australia Ask the Experts podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Harris, and today I'm joined by Professor Paul Fitzgerald, Dr. Ted Cassidy, who together will be addressing common questions about TMS therapy. Leading up to this podcast, questions were solicited from members of the TMS Support Australia Facebook group, as well as followers of the TMS Clinics Australia Facebook and LinkedIn pages. It is important to note that while the panel will be called upon to share their expertise, experiences, and insights, the information in this podcast is not intended as medical advice. If you have questions about your treatment options, please speak with your healthcare provider. Let's get started. So the Food and Drug Administration in the United States approved deep TMS for the treatment of obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD, and TMS Clinics Australia are the first to offer this treatment in Australia. Um, Ted, given there are already treatments available for OCD, why is there a need to introduce TMS as a treatment option? I think anyone who's uh, suffered from OCD or anyone who's a family member who's suffered from OCD realises that the treatments that are available are not that good. You know, it is a, it is a very disabling conditioning condition to have. Uh, it's very difficult to treat. Uh, it has not responded particularly well to the range of medications that are around. So there is... There is certainly often in the people that are uh, suffering from OCD and their families just a real sense of desperation as to what to do next. And, and that can be um, evidenced by the fact that there are, are programs uh, such as deep brain stimulation programs where people actually have neurosurgical procedures to implant you know, stimulators in their brain, a very invasive procedure to, to have OCD. I mean, anyone I think who's, who's thinking about it could, could imagine that to, to embark on social process really uh, you know, you would have to be quite sort of desperate and, and, and disabled by your condition. So, so when the FDA approved the, uh, the protocol for OCD, it was something that we were very interested in because it's a, it's a high-need community. Um, it's, it's ill-served by, by current treatments. And to have something that's available that's non-invasive, that's uh, a, 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 a non-medication treatment, was a really appealing uh, prospect. Now, what became clear when we examined the OCD protocol that had been approved by the FDA uh, was that there were there were really two components to it. One component is the hardware component. So, uh, so there is a there is a, 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 a set of equipment, a, a coil that is different for the provision of TMS for OCD than it is for the standard provision of TMS for depression or anxiety or some of the other conditions that we treat. Uh, so that was one component. So, you know, we had to physically get that piece of equipment and, and it had only just been approved. So, so that took a little bit of time. But the second component was actually probably the more important component. And this is where I think some of the, the way in which TMS Clinics Australia operates really worked to the advantage of the OCD course. So, uh, by and large, the, the clinicians that uh, deliver TMS for us are provisional psychologists or psychologists. Essentially, they're psychological trained. Uh, and uh, psychologists are, are largely trained in the delivery of the structured psychotherapies, particularly the cognitive and behavioural therapies that are very common. And these therapies, uh, you know, have in the past been one of the mainstays of treatment with OCD. What, the treatment that was approved by the FDA had two components. One was the equipment and one was the psychological pre-treatment that was required to happen with each patient. So that essentially meant that from a, uh, from a clinic point of view, we already had the, the right trained expert staff in our clinics uh, who were able to deliver the, the pre-treatment 
programs, which is essentially a program of cognitive challenge and, and, and eliciting the, um, the, the, uh, the OCD symptoms, uh, provoking the OCD symptoms so that you can then treat them using the, the hardware side of things. So I think what's very important to realise is that this is really um, uh, a, a treatment which involves uh, uh, expert, uh, you know, expert psychological uh, uh, pretreatment with a uh, with a cutting edge hardware that has only just become available. So there's really two, and each is equally important. To be honest, Paul, TMS Clinics Australia already had an OCD TMS protocol available. Can I ask you to explain how deep TMS differs and what factors determine what is prescribed for a patient? So for better or worse, Amanda, this this does get a little bit complex and it's really the complexity arises from the fact that different researchers over time have been testing different protocols to try to get clinical improvement in patients with OCD with TMS. Given the really substantial need um, that, that Ted described, this is, has been an area of interest for people who work with patients with OCD and are familiar with TMS for quite some time. And so a number of different approaches have, have developed. You know, effectively, the, the areas of the brain that are involved in OCD, there's, there's kind of a network of areas of the brain. And most of those areas are relatively deep down. They're not on the cortical surface. And so deep TMS was really developed with a, a motivation to try to target an area of the brain that you can't access with a, a normal TMS coil because the magnetic field just doesn't go in sort of deep enough, I, I suppose. Um, and so that was that required, as Ted indicated earlier on, some specialist equipment that differs slightly from our standard TMS coils that allow the penetration of the magnetic field. In parallel to the development of deep TMS, and actually even before it, there was interest in trying to use normal TMS coils to treat OCD. And there have been a series of clinical trials targeting really two different brain areas, one of which is you know, quite reasonably well supported by evidence, the other one which is, uh, I think most people would still regard as more experimental. And the first of those two targets using a, a standard TMS coil was the one that we were already providing some treatment um, for to patients with OCD through TMS Clinics Australia. That type of treatment, so the stand, what I'd call the standard type of TMS using that in OCD, has been supported by clinical trials, but the clinical trials used to test that have been generally reasonably small and just done at single sort of hospitals in different places around the world. The, the big change that occurred with the de development of deep TMS was the for the first time there was what we call a large multi-site trial. So this was a clinical trial involving, I think it was eight or nine different hospitals around North America in a, in a larger sample of patients. And when that demonstrated that the deep TMS was effective, that was really why the, the regulatory authorities in the United States approved the treatment because they usually want to see that sort of larger multi-site trial. So the, the evidence for deep TMS is quite substantial because of this, this one very significant clinical trial, and there has been some follow-up research as well. The evidence for the more standard form of TMS is quite good, but it just doesn't meet quite that same standard that would be required for regulatory approval in, in the United States. So we have those two options. We're increasingly 
going to be using the deep TMS protocol because of the weight of that that evidence from that large clinical trial. But we've certainly seen benefits with the other type of TMS as well. And so I think what we might find over time is patients um, try one form of, of TMS. If it's successful, that's great. They would continue to use that if they need it. Um, if one form of TMS is not successful, they would have always have the option of trying the other one um, because they are quite different. They're done, as I said before, they're targeting different parts of the brain, but they're also using a different form of TMS. And as Ted alluded to, one is also using this sort of psychological in induction technique and the other one doesn't. So they're quite different treatments. Um, and so I, I think over time there, there will end up being quite a number of patients who end up trying both and really trying to explore what's going to work best for them. Thanks, Paul. So building on that, both of you have, have touched on this, this aspect, I guess, of provocation. So Ted, can you explain for listeners what this is and, and going into a little bit more detail in terms of what the patient experience is um, with the deep TMS treatment for OCD? Yep. So, so essentially what you're doing is uh, you're, you're uh, eliciting this sort of anxiety response that people feel when they uh, are in the grip of their, you know, their, their OCD syndrome. So, so typically OCD is a, a two-stage uh, process. So people have a, an obsessional thought uh, and then they have some kind of routine. Sometimes it's a, uh, to sort of ameliorate and, and sort of damp down that, the, that sense of anxiety. And that's... You know, in, in classical sense, I mean, that's the hand washing and the, and the door checking and things like that, but it's not necessarily limited to just these kind of physical, visible routines. Often for the more severe cases of OCD, they're actual psychological routines. So people have a, have a process that is entirely kind of invisible to others. It's happening inside of their head. And what I liken it to is a, a process of, your, of having a virus in your computer almost, that your computer's running at, at full speed, uh, it's, uh, it's doing millions and millions of tasks, but there's really not much happening. And, and that's often what happens with people with OCD. They have, they're, they're crippled by these, these thoughts that are often, uh, you know, um, horrible thoughts that uh, are, are really unpleasant. And then they've, they're, they're also crippled by the process with, processes which they put in place to try and manage those. So what we want to do is we, uh, you know, to, to make this treatment more effective, uh, we we want it works. We want the patient to be in the state where they're at the sort of peak anxiety, if you like, so that they're really suffering under the effects of uh, of, of the the unpleasant experience. And then that's the perfect time because we've got that sort of activity in those circuits in the brain where the um, uh, which are being activated, uh, which are essentially where the the sort of mind virus, if you like. Is, uh, is 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 particularly sort of uh, uh, active, and at that point we uh, uh, can use the treatment, and that's where the hardware side of the treatment is, which is really you know uh, very similar to what we would do in other uh, TMS patients. It's you know finding the correct location, uh, applying a, a sequence of uh, of pulses, and doing this over a period of time. And just a quick follow-up question to that. So in terms of the number of sessions, should a patient expect to undergo? Uh, 30 treatments. Okay. So, um, so Paul, is, is, um, is deep TMS being researched um, for application to other conditions? Um, deep TMS is being assessed in a number of other conditions. It's, it's actually also effective in depression as standard TMS is, but there's really no evidence that it's more effective 
than normal TMS in depression. And so given that it tends to be a little more uncomfortable and standard forms of TMS, we tend not to use it as a sort of routine thing in patients with depression. But I suspect as time goes by, it will become more widely available for other applications as well. Talk to me about the safety of the deep TMS. So the deep TMS um, is quite safe. It does tend to produce a, a different sensation than standard TMS that can be more uncomfortable in some patients. With the OCD treatment, the position of the coil happens to be at an area of the um, area of the scalp where you don't tend to get as much sensation as you would when you're providing stimulation over other areas of the head. So often that balances out. That it's a stronger sensation but it's, a, it's an area of the head that just doesn't have as many nerves and is not as sensitive. If you provide deep TMS, for example, over more over the side of the head, say, for example, over the area of the brain where you, we might treat depression, it tends to be significantly more uncomfortable because it will activate more of the, the nerves around the side of the face and, um, and around the eye. So um, it certainly is a little bit more uncomfortable, but generally is still usually fairly well tolerated. And then the last question I had, um, Ted, is is availability. So is the um, is the deep TMS protocol currently available in all clinics? And if not, um, where can people access treatment? So obviously this is new technology, and there's a there's a phased approach to the introduction. But ultimately we're looking at having it available in all states, so that patients can access it locally and conveniently. Fantastic! Thank you, gentlemen. Be sure to follow the TMS Clinics Australia LinkedIn or Facebook page 